three, two, pancakes. Butterscotch. You should, you should take the, um, what is it, the, um, those jellyfish, that, not the jellyfish, um, there's like a jelly bean challenge where it's like, this jelly bean tastes nice and this jelly bean tastes like... Oh, and we, yeah. He, he'd be immune to it right now. Be like, <laughs> so, funny enough, <laughs> like the Harry Potter funny enough, ones. My daughter came up and she's like, we should buy the Harry Potter jelly beans. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let's see. And it is... You know, now it is the weirdest thing ever because, like, last night, I can eat red onions raw, like it's nothing. But I can feel, like, in my nose, the little spiciness of onion. Uh, What was the other thing? It was something hot, like really spicy. I can't taste it. Yeah, but you're sympathetic. But I feel the heat. So it's not like sense is gone. Flavor, it's really weird. I I can't, you know, it's hard to find the words to describe it. Yeah, it's almost like you have have a big thing of wasabi. You don't taste it. I did it with wasabi. And you don't taste the wasabi? But your body's still reacting to it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So yesterday I noticed I, I can taste vinegar again. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, because I had some, like, you know, little roasted potatoes and, you know, put some vinegar, red onions. And I can taste the vinegar, but I couldn't taste the potatoes. And I could feel that little spiciness of the onions. So, I'm going to pull up the ADCC results here so we can go through this. Now, no. I didn't get to watch every match. Oh, I know you didn't get I mean, you were but busy. I, I picked up, you know, the last week. I've watched a few here and yeah, there. Yeah. So, so, so we, got, we got Carlos Diaz in the house. ADCC referee and um, remind us how did you first get involved with ADCC in the first place so we did the math the other day and he was 21 years ago we you know the ADCC came to Florida three representatives the guy that was running ADCC at the time his name was or is Lubomir Goodjev uh, Peter Batowski, who is now the head referee for ADCC. And he's from Finland, right? Uh, no, these guys are Bulgarian. All three of these guys are Bulgarian. Oh, okay. Lubo, Peter, and George, they're all Bulgarian. Okay. Um, now, the guy that runs the ADCC Federation, he is the guy from Finland. And the majority of the refs are also from Finland. Um, but uh, but these guys are Bulgarian. They came to the U.S., and we did a very small invite-only type event um, in Parkland, Florida, just the north like end of Coral Colorado. Springs, yeah, 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 they, by Coral Springs. Yeah. And um, that was my initial involvement. And like you know, we sat down for literally for a whole day, going over the rules. And there's been some adjustments. And you know, I've refed and judged, you know, trials in the U.S. Uh, in Europe, and you know, obviously, I've refed and judged the World Championships several times, and um, I took a little break when I moved here. I had a lot of things going on, that's why I didn't go for the last year's World Championships. And uh, but you know, we're back in full force. This was, you know, the first uh, trials in the U.S., and it was. ADCC-wise, the most phenomenal trials that I have ever been. Not only just in the sheer amount of 
participants. We had just, uh, I want to say it was just under 800 people. Oh, wow. Okay. And, For some reason, uh, I think 400. But the talent alone is insane. You know, I just, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of these teenagers that are straight oh, up yeah. savages. I know. Blue belts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blue belts. <laughs> Quote unquote blue belts. Yeah. So uh, walk us through like what the process is for you as a ref. When did your ADCC trial start? As a ref? Yeah. So things have changed because it was very, you got to know somebody that knows somebody sort of thing. Okay. And I was fortunate enough to be at the right place at the right time. And that's how I, I personally got started. Um, however, nowadays, you know, COVID and a lot of the travel restrictions kind of opened the eyes to the main guys at the Federation. And that is one of the reasons why they are actively increasing the referee and judges, at least in the United States, for ADCC events. Mohasim, who is the ADCC organizer, he realized that we needed to do a couple of things, changes that they've been talked about forever, but nothing really transpired and did with it. Um, and we started in, what's it, July in Texas with the event for Road to ADCC. So we did a pretty extensive seminar for refs and judges only first. And we got a couple of guys. Actually, we had a good group of uh, guys. I knew some of them. I didn't know some of the others. But, you know, and everybody was asking really good questions. We probably took about three, three and a half hours. Uh, it was originally scheduled for an hour and a half. And, you know, and we told the guys, stay. We did the, the day before the, the event that was broadcast on Flow. Um, Stay for the event, and we'll discuss the, mas the matches after. The head ref, Peter, from Bulgaria, came from ADCC, and him and I ref those matches. Because by standards, in ADCC, you got to have two table judges and one floor ref. Um, we discussed it, and the guys understood you know, the intricacies and the details, uh, the strategical points and everything like that. Um, we used those guys that did the seminar in Texas to work the trials in New Jersey because there were some issues and restrictions for the guys coming from Finland into the U.S. And it was almost canceled because we just did not have the trained and proper staff for And this it. is the reason why they got postponed in the first place. This is the reason why it got postponed in the first place yeah. because of COVID. Um, and then Mo said... We're not postponing this again. I'm going to train the people the right way. And that's what we did. So on Friday afternoon, we did another extensive seminar. But not only for the revs, there were athletes there as well. Okay. And um, so now the revs got a double dosage of training. Now, were there any requirements on, on who could come for in terms of the ref? No. As, soon, as long as you pay for the seminar... And you're there? I would imagine it, it drew people that have extensive experience. Like, no Joe Blow off the street is going to be like, oh, I'm just going to be an AD. I'm going to go to a seminar for ADCC. Like, so here's the thing. People knew what was going on. Right. Number one, you know that it's going on. And number two, like for the trials, I'm thinking really hard 
But I think everybody that worked was purple or above. I'm sure. Okay. Um, and there were a couple of people that are, you know, white belts and blue belts that took the seminar. But, but they're know, not going to. You're not going to be the one working yeah, like, right off the bat on supervised and unassisted sort of things. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we did, we did the seminar again the Friday before uh, the trials. And then Saturday. And then, I'm sorry. Then Mojasim went ahead and did a strategic uh, strategies, rather, a strategies workshop for the athletes. So, you know, people can get a little bit of better insight. If I do this and then I do that, you know, would I get penalized or would I get points or can I get away with this or that? You know, again, it's, it's about it's a strategic thing and that could be done with any rule with, with any rule system. Is this the same thing that I saw some posts on his Instagram where he was breaking down video from different matches yes. and talking about stuff. So now we're doing it live and breaking down not only, you know, the videos, but actual people are asking, so what if I do this and that and then I go to that? Can I get, you know, can I get away without being penalized at minus point mm -hmm. for pulling guard? And they're like, well, yes, you you can do that and not be penalized. That was, that was actually the thing I, I, I focused on was that, if you want to pull guard, and then he showed a clip of Gordon doing it, you shoot. You don't have Again. to necessarily shoot fully with the intent, but you have no, to shoot. No, you do. That's the thing. I mean, you so, have to. Well, you have let's, to. Use, let's use that as an example. Gordon versus Buchecha. Yeah. Gordon shot in. Buchecha sprawls. But, but Gordon, it is. He, he's continuously trying for that takedown. For His at least arm is out. three to five seconds. The rule is three, but he said, three seconds. But he said, get, make it easier on the judges. Do it for like five so they know. So what's funny is uh, during, during the strategies and the rules meeting, and I'm actually getting a shirt that it says three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> because people are asking, well, can, what if I do this and that, but it's not three seconds? <laughs> then it doesn't, yeah, like. <laughs> what is the rule? Three seconds. There you answered it. You know, but in the strategies, that's one of the things we say, you know, make it easy on everybody and don't do it for three seconds. Do it for six. Yeah. Make make it clear, make it no doubt. Um, but that's a perfect example. Buchecha and Gordon Ryan, that's how Gordon got away with pulling guard because it came he off a was failed shot. intentionally doing that shot. And he waited the time and then went to his guard, to his butterfly guard. No penalty. Okay. So we discussed a lot of those things. I mean, I'll tell you right now. And this is separate of the rules meeting? This was separate from the rules meeting. And this is just because Mo wants the athletes to be more educated. Okay. And it just baffles my mind how little people, how little participants and athletes that competed at the trials showed up to that when it was announced and everybody knew about it. I mean, you told that to us like last time you were here that yeah. when the guys that do well, there's a weird, as you say, ironically, there's a funny coincidence between the people that pay attention to the rules meeting to how they perform. Imagine that. You know, he's like, you watch Danaher and Gordon, those guys, they're just like staring daggers into everything really like looking and asking questions i'll give you an example who one person at the trials that 
and and I've seen him. He did the rules meeting in Texas, and he did the rules meeting in New Jersey at the trials, and he was asking very smart questions, and very few people noticed that he was asking questions that were strategic for his game, and that was the Rotolo brothers. Mm. And there were two matches where I even said to, it was George that was next to me, I even said, remember when he asked this question on Friday? And it was in his match with PJ Barch. Um, he does this thing. He forced PJ. PJ shot in. He has a great wizard to a hip toss. And what it does, within the time and within the rules, he goes from there, does his hip toss, but then he also does a roll almost to like a knee bar attempt. Yeah. But he does it to a sweep, ends up on top. Guess what? Now it's a sweep. So now he gets points for the sweep. Yeah. But you got to time it right because of the time and who initiates what and all those things. And he was asking those questions during the rules meeting. I remember it vividly. And he used it during his matches. And he, he walked him to get his invite for the Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, like I, I can imagine being in a rules meeting. Anytime you do anything, right? Like, they... For, like the purpose of a rule meeting is to explain the rules. Right. Done, right? Then, Correct. But there's always the, but what if, but what if, what if. Then we know it, create a session for that. Right. And that's, and that's, that's what that is, that's right? Exactly so like, why wouldn't you go to that to ask all the questions that you want? Correct. You know, like that's, yeah. and that's, that's interesting. Like, yeah, I'll give you another example. On the opposite end of that spectrum, there was a, and now I don't remember, and I apologize because I don't remember the exact sequence and moment, but it was a student of Ryan Hall. Okay. And, you know, he came asking me, how come I didn't get points for X, Y, or Z? And I said, because you didn't do this and this and that, and the time period was not. And I tried to explain, explain to him verbally. But I'm also trying to get the table moving because we had so many matches. Oh, so yeah, he's, he's making this. This is not after. In between. The no, table. this was like in between rounds, right? Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. And you know what I did? I took the copy of the rules that I always keep a copy on the table with me. And I said, were you here Friday? Well, no, but hold on. It's a yes or no answer. Were you here Friday for the rules? No. Educate yourself. Mm. Go away. I got to continue to work. Your match is over, you know? But what if I bring video? Can you? I'm like, you know what? If you would have been at the rules meeting, you would have heard the head referee, Peter, say the referee. His know, final call is the final, final. Yeah. We're not going to review video. We're not. It is it. It is what it is. And I took the moment after the event. I actually found him. Uh, I didn't find I was trying to find him and Ryan but I couldn't find Ryan but I found his his student and I said show me the video and I went detail by detail this is what you did this is what you did not do and this is why you didn't get the points and he was like oh that makes sense well if you would have been here for the rules sure. meeting you would have known that man it's uh, there was uh, I think I think this is an, it was an offhanded comment, but I think Robert Deagle made a comment about, like, he got penalized for a guard pull, and he's like, I thought I didn't... I thought I, w I shouldn't have gotten penalized for that, but whatever, because he'd won his first... Actually, he went against Jason Valley. 
in his oh, first really? round. But yeah, and he beat Jason Valley, and then later on. But it's um, it. Why do you think the ADCC rule set is so confusing to grapplers? Because people don't want to learn it. Okay. And <laughs> is that is really that simple? Do you want a really complex rule set? I BJJF. Really. How many pages is the rule book for IBJJF? Oh, man. <laughs> He's asking the black belt. Like, I actually don't know. I, I don't even know it's how many points you get for it. It's 50 pages thick. Is it really? I've printed it out, and I was cursing because I printed it in color. <laughs> it's what? after 50 pages How thick. many pages is ADCC? Four. No. Are you serious? We could probably compress it to two. Really? All right, Noah, you and I, that's our homework. Is this simple? Okay. What? How many submissions are illegal on IBJJF? Oh. It depends on the belt level. Yeah, that depends on the age and belt level. You're a purple belt. I'm a purple belt. On the gi as a purple belt, how many submissions are illegal in IBJJF? Uh, It's hard because we're not in IBJJF. I want to say. Think of on the top of your head. Heel hooks. I, I'm right. thinking uh, I can't do it. I can't do heel hook, but I think I can do toe holds. You can do a straight ankle lock. You can't do toe holds. <laughs> He's shaking his head. I already failed. It's only straight <laughs> so, stuff. So right. I want to say, as a purple, no heel hooks, no um, no neck cranks, no spinal locks. So like no twisters, and no like wrist. Lo- no wrist locks are legal. No, um, you're allowed wrist locks. I think as a purple belt, I don't. You might want to check because okay. I think that was brown belt and above. Okay. Can you do an e-bar? I thought you could. I thought you, you can, right? Uh, my understanding, can you reap? No. no. And, and now here's the thing. We have two black belts and a purple belt that should be brown belt any day. <laughs> and we can't still figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> he proved his point. <laughs> so, again, you know, in ADCC, as long as you don't attack the surface of the neck with both shoulders committed... Explain that. Hold on. Oh, sorry. So, like a full Nelson. Okay, all right, all right. Both of your shoulders are committed in the full Nelson, and you're attacking pressure downward on the cervix of the neck. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm being extremely hard-pressed to find any other submission that is not allowed. Really? It's that simple. Yeah. So, the reality is, there's one attack that you can't... There's a front face lock, but again, the purpose of it is to attack the cervix of the neck. So... There's one body part, one thing that you cannot attack. Other than that, go for it. Sure. You know? It's just that people are so used to other events. And listen, this is a... I hope this doesn't come back and bite me in the ass. But we don't have a large enough audience. It's an organizational. It is an organizational fault for not having enough events in the U.S. Mm. Yeah, that's that's. You oh, go that's to Europe, yeah. and they have ADCC events all over Europe. I've all seen the time. that because I I I am friends with some grapplers that are in Europe, and I'm amazed that you know we we talk about nagas and new breeds here. Right. They're talking about ADCC events. I'm like, well, I didn't even know that until you told me about them that right. they have local events, all and I time. was like. Well, that's but cool. But is it actually sanctioned ADCC events, Absolute or is it like 100%. people who? Okay, so it's not like we're we're it's you know Chris Vu's tournament. We we're we're using no no. It's, AD, it's under the one. banner of ADCC. Right. Okay. You have to get you know proper like permission, sang- yeah, proper like, proper sanctioning. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, but that's going to get so, yeah, corrected. So, so shame on same on ADCC on that. A little bit. On probably one of the biggest markets. It, that's where my heart breaks. That's the crazy part, right? So, um, however, that is going to be heavily corrected starting 2022. Oh, man. We're going to so, start training ADCC you know, there. Mois has, you know, we overall the the ADCC committee has been working very hard, but get ready for ADCC opens left and right coming starting. Now, do those opens at all, uh, like give the compet? Is there like a ranking system, or do is it help the competitors? That is something that is being discussed. Okay. Yes. So, the bigger problem than that is getting proper staff trained the right way having the infrastructure to actually support this endeavor correct yeah you know because you know and again i don't like to poop on anybody's parade but you know you go to i watched the world masters this weekend and and i saw erroneous calls left and right really oh my gosh so many i mean i'm gonna say one out of every four matches. And again, I just, I, I hate to try to, you know, critique other organizations. But I, I would, I can safely say one out of every four or five matches that I watched, I saw something within the IBJJF rules that, that should have not been points, that should have been an advantage. That, sh you know, the biggest issue here is, in my opinion, is the advantages. That's so subjective. You know, like, because it is so subjective. So subjective. Like. You know, and that has happened to me personally competing. I passed my, my opponents. I did not pass my opponent's guard. But by my efforts, I achieved half guard. He didn't pull me half guard. And by IBJJF rules, that should be an advantage. Sure. Right? I was there for a couple of moments. He scrambled, he tried to sweep, pa, 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 scramble, we're both back on our feet. Time finishes, the referee gave him the win because he tried to sweep you. You had to, you had to stand up to defend the sweep. I'm like, okay, but what about my getting to his half? Actually, I passed his guard but was not controlled and, you know, and mm -hmm. he got replaced to half yeah, guard. Yeah. That should have been a clear advantage to me. Hmm. Oh, I don't remember that throughout the match. Mother effort. The sweep came from his half guard. Yeah. What are you talking about? This reminds me, and I, I said this quote to you before, because um, when Keenan couldn't attend, couldn't compete at ADCC in, in 2019, he was watching matches, and he was watching, I think it was the Cyborg. It could, I think it was Cyborg, uh, Nicky Rob. But during one of those matches, he said, what's funny is in IBJJF tournaments, the athletes know more than the referees. Oh, yeah. In yeah. ADCC, the, the refs yeah, know, yeah, like, know the rules better than the athletes. And, and <laughs> in my opinion, I think that is a sad thing. How can an official sure. from that event know less than the athlete competing on the mat? That, that to me, about the rules at least, that to me is asinine. Well, but it goes to your point. If, if ADCC wants to to branch into the United in the U.S. market more, but maintain those high standards at referee. It's going to take time. And that's what we work. Well, you know, you know, IBGJF has, has, you know, you can go to they have many Nashville. Years. They have opens everywhere. Yeah. Inevitably, you know, it's going to be a little harder. It's a little discouraging at, at Masters Worlds where they should be bringing in their better guys to ref right. it that there were still some miscues there. Do you, you think know? that will result? Like, there are like a couple 
sort of factors that have to take place in order for that to happen though right because like the culture of bjj here in america is heavily IBJJF rules, right? Like Absolutely. that's just that's, that's just what it is, and we understand that. And and like, so like that has to start on like a grassroots level because I mean I, I've talked with some other students here who have cross trained with other gyms, and like you know Paul runs a very sort of open curriculum here. You know, like we don't poo poo on anything. You know, we're teaching heel hooks to white belts. Just like the world. Yeah, exactly. Hook, you know, like it, because it's that's jujitsu. It's right. So it, is it that we need to? Because at the end of the day, ADCC is not a jujitsu tournament. Correct. It's a gra- submission grappling tournament, Correct. right? So in order for it to really branch in, there almost needs to be a s- suppression of jujitsu. And I don't, I don't think it's a, a cultural, suppression. You know, um, I think there has to be a little bit of a cultural education, because I think also something that hinders ADCC in the U.S. a little bit is that people think. That in order to participate in ADCC, you have to be elite. Well, I mean, that's what it started as, though. Well, of right? Like, <laughs> like, but, but again, yeah. you know that there's a beginner, intermediate, and advanced divisions for the Opens. Most people in the U.S. do not know that. Right. Because, again, that I can think of, we've only had, in the 20-some years that I've been involved, we've only had two Open events. One, which was the first Florida event that we did, and it was quote unquote open because it was invite, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't uh, you know the world championships or trials. And then the other open, I actually did open an open tournament in Coral Springs about three, four years ago. So, other than that, you know, and we used the standards for beginner, intermediate, and advanced, and teens. And there's a modified rules for the teens division as well. So you don't have to be elite to participate in an ADCC Open. So that's one thing. Number two, the other important part is the infrastructure. We need to have the educated staff to be able to make this work and and make it work right. And, And staff that understands the and I don't want to say intricacies, but that understands the rules because yes, there are some intricacies, but it's just lack of education. Sure, you know, and and I, I can clearly say for the last year, not because of lack of providing that education, but lack of people accepting that education. You know, because even it just baffles my mind that even at the at the trials. I've got guys, well, but in IBJJF, we do this. Great. <laughs> Good that you do. Go participate in their event. I don't care. Sure. This is not That's that. wild that they would say that. That's but they like, literally, they, they yeah, said like, that to my face, and I'm like, like, did you really just said that to that's me? That's like the if my mother had a or my aunt had a dick, she'd be my uncle, yeah. right? Like my, that's my auntie had Paul, she'd be my uncle. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. you know, it's, it's like saying, well, my Toyota doesn't have stars on the roof of the car, motherfucker, go buy a Bentley then, you know? <laughs> well, I and I, I think like like ADCC right now, I think from an optics point of view. Is probably viewed by most it's as a higher a step up in terms of integrity when it comes to the rules and and an event. Right I, now, I like to think so. You know, and, and I think that momentum's justified. But right now, those optics are like that. So, if 
as an organization, they were to just hastily put events throughout the United States and not meet those standards that they're currently yeah, meeting. That's it, the, it, yeah. You know, it, you want to keep it that momentum. Looks- yeah, because, dude, we've all heard stories. You've probably been there and seen stories of certain, certain you know, um, competitors in the gi getting away with wearing a gi that they shouldn't be wearing or weighing in at a, you know on a yeah. scale that's a little light or something. You know what I mean? let, let me tell you something. And I've seen these with my eyes, you know, for a particular weight class. One competitor wades in, the other one just completely walks to the mat. Really? <laughs> and nobody says Oh, anything. hold on. I wade in. I made my way. And this mother effort I, listen. I'm a short guy, but I'm not a little guy. <laughs> this dude was twice my size. He's like, and it was not an ultra heavy. <laughs> so with that being said, yeah. you know, it, 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 I know this dude was not in the weight class. <laughs> so, um, you know, before we talk about just the actual trials and how that went down, do you think that, that ADCC is not, that doesn't, and maybe if they do, correct me, but like my understanding there's no gi events that they put on. Is that correct? So there is an event called the Abu Dhabi Pro. Okay, I've heard of that. That is a separate entity from ADCC. Okay. Submission Grappling. It's two separate, complete separate entities. So ADCC that I worked with, it is ADCC Submission Grappling. It's a no gi event. However, if you want to, you can wear a gi. Oh, yeah, there was a guy who wore a gi. Wait, you can wear a gi in ADCC? Yeah, that guy did it. I I saw it like gi guy. Can they grab you? Hold on. (laughs) Can they grab your gi? Hold on. That I have recollection, Saulo Hibedo was the first one to wear a gi in ADCC match. A full gi? Belt and everything? I think he only wore the top. That's crazy, dude. Eddie Bravo wore pants. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Emil Fisher from uh, Strong Style, I think he's from Mm -hmm. uh, Comprido, uh, affiliate of Comprido. He wore his gi. <laughs> now, everybody knows that knows Emil Fisher. He's a goof. So he's always trying to crack jokes oh, and, okay. and be funny and goofy. Um, but he actually put a post afterward that makes some sense. Um, I, I disagree a little bit with it, but I understand why he did it if he truly did it by what he posted. So let's go back to your question. By ADCC rules... You cannot grab your uniform or your opponent's uniform. Oh, you can't even so grab So that your applies own. whether you wear a gi or not. Huh. You can wear wrestling shoes if you want to. Okay. We don't care. As long as the laces are covered, you can wear wrestling shoes. But you, you, yeah, you got to adhere to the consequences if somebody grabs your foot or ankle. Same thing with the gi. You can wear a gi, but you, by rules, you cannot grab your own uniform or your opponent's. So his idea of wearing the gi, it was, you break sweat very easily, you get very slippery. Well, the gi is going to absorb some of that sweat, and I have better traction. Yeah, that's that was his idea in, in so many words. But it backfired because he couldn't at no point really perform anything that he thought, and he got submitted with something that it didn't have to. I mean, again, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, you can't, has something you to do because it was submitted with a straight uh, knee bar. Uh. So, again, you know, you can wear a gi if you want to. 
and Noah, going back to your question, yeah, it's two separate entities. Two separate things, okay. But you can wear a gi if you want. Yeah, you but, can but Abu Dhabi Pro, what rules Abu Dhabi Pro is a completely different entity. What are they? And they are only they, do gi. And are they doing IBGF rules or, or do they have like a separate? Um, is there any affiliation between, uh, between Abu Dhabi Pro and ADCC? Like, no. do they Those have, this, that, do they have the, the same owners? Are from Abu Dhabi. Other than That's that, okay. there's no difference. Okay. That's cool that, that like, that they've embraced it to start their own though you know like so because i don't like, know if it's like the aware. national sport of abu dhabi right basically right well yeah like they teach it in schools yeah that's I you know the police force is mandatory part of their training the military is mandatory part of their training and they have at adcc you know they have a cadre of 30 maybe more 40 50 black belts yeah, like, I know what Sam McCoy was out there. Yeah, and, my yeah, boy Sam yeah. McCoy was out there for a couple of years, and I know a couple of other people. You know, yeah, they get paid well to go out there and 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 train those guys. Yeah, it's it's not a bad deal. You know, yeah. um, damn, I had so a, we got to get our president yeah, on board, uh, and so we can and get again, it is recognized jujitsu in schools. That would be great. That'd be awesome. You know, so, but you know, we have esports. We have. <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay, so we, <laughs> on that note, um, getting back to the event. So you kind of talked us through. There was the Road to ADCC event in in Austin that was hosted by Flow Grappling. That you guys could do your first kind of rule seminar with prescript uh, perspe- uh, perspective, not perspective, prospective uh, referees. Yes. Then there was a follow up seminar prior to the actual trials. Where those where those people are also there. Correct. In addition to uh, Mo doing video breakdown to help the athletes, because in his words, I remember him quoting, "Is like I saw too many athletes underperform because they didn't know the rules." I'll give you an example of that, and that's actually a really good quote, because at the West Coast Trials, and I right now I, I think it was the 2019 West Coast Trials. Okay. One of the super fights was supposed to be, uh, I want to say it was supposed to be Braulio Estima versus Leandro Lowe. Oh, wow. Estima oh. got injured warming up in the back, oh. and Gordon Ryan took it last minute. <laughs> now, Gordon Ryan well, did then. the trials before, be, it, when I want to say it was 2017, in Coral Springs, Florida. He ended up losing to... Oh my gosh, what's his name? I see his face. It's from Atos, 77 kilos, um, Puerto Rican guy. He used to be sponsored by a company called Teddy Shorts. Oh man, this is going to effing kill me. Atos? Is it like Kenyan uh, or something? Puerto Rican. Who's the Puerto Rican yeah. guy? Yeah. Anyways, uh, I- I'll find out. Is he still with Atos? Did he, did, he, did he avenge be. it eventually? Because I know Gordon's pretty big on that. Mike... Oh my gosh, this is terrible. I can't, that I can't remember his well, name. The internet will come to the rescue here. Mike Perez. Oh, I didn't know he's an Atos guy. Yeah, Mike Perez. And Gordon lost to him? And Gordon lost to Mike Perez, yeah. Really? In 2017 trials. That was the final match. This is like pre-Gordon Ryan fucking dominating. Yeah, Gordon was already dominating quite a bit in like submission-only events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the Metamoris. Gordon was probably 180 at the time. <laughs> Uh, and, yeah, and, and he was, was well fed, <laughs> but you, but man. you know, but he he um, you know. So, anyways, he did that match with Leandro Lowe, 
And one of the, it got to a point in the match that it was me, George, and Peter, the two Bulgarians and myself, we looked at each other and it's like, we're just going to stop giving them negative points because it would have been like negative 50 <laughs> to like two points or something like that, you know? <laughs> and it was because neither one really knew the rules. Oh, really? You can tell that neither Gordon nor Leandro Lowe Really knew Wait, the rules. Langelo was originally booked for the super fight, and he didn't know the rules. If he did, he really was not performing to his capability. Well, okay. he's known for being a very smart guy when it comes to rules. Like with usually IBJ, tends to be very strategic, and in fact, that's been his criticism. Like they're like the guy's kind of boring because he just kind of plays he gets the points, his advantages, <laughs> or his little sweep, yeah. and that's it. That's all you're gonna see. Um, which is, again, one of the things that we also reiterated, for example, and something that Leandro Lowe's known for, he'll do his, you know, slap fist bump, and he'll literally walk to the edge of the mat and do his little side hops, right? <laughs> you do that, we're going to penalize your ass. Yeah. You know? Keep it on the center of the mat. That's another thing as referees in ADCC we do that you usually don't see in most events. We're very vocal. You know, the referee on the mat is supposed to talk to the athletes. Keep it in the center. Stop this. Stop that action. Talk to the, you know, hey, watch. Don't slam if it's not a submission. You know, things like that. We want the athletes to perform to the best of their ability, not to lose because somebody put their foot on the hip and his opponent just ran it over to the yeah. side. Oh, he ripped me. Ah, no. Sure. We want the guys really to perform to the best of their abilities. Gotcha. So, you know. And going back to that, yes, this is one of the reasons why, you know, we've been so active about the rules because we want the people to be more educated. And by the way, since we're talking about that, the rules seminar that we did in Texas, it's on for free on YouTube. Oh, really? So they 100% free. All you got to do is watch it. And there's lots it's, of it's, questions it's, and lots of... Uh, Unfortunately, it probably has like way less views than a typical like clickbait thing on Flowgraph. Yeah, very, like. <laughs> very probable, you know. <laughs> Obviously, you know, I've watched it and I've went over, you know, and I've been doing this 20 some odd years. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny? So we were doing the rules and the strategy and Mo told me, he's like, dude, go get something to eat. You don't have... It's like, no, I want to refresh my mind. Sure. You know, and I was like, everything okay, nothing new, okay, nothing. Uh, this question, and he would one of the, there was a um, Tex Johnson, he was asking certain questions that I was like, hmm, that's a good perspective. And I would literally say, show me, show me the move and the sequence, sure. And we would go over it, and it's like, okay, so this is why you get points or not, and answer the question the way it was, but it helps your brain to actually do a little bit of exercise because again there's a difference between doing an event every month and an event yeah, every year every year <laughs> like, so to speak so yeah you gotta make sure it counts every call's gotta be on point but again you know that's me there's plenty of guys that didn't even show up that's on them sure so at the trials the the trials were you got this all done in two days matches for 800 yeah 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 Two, in two days and we were out early. I'm going to tell you. So, Mo Jassim, Tom DeBlas, Sean Fowler, 
and oh, there's, there's the crew at Flow. And of course, yes, all the refs and all the table staff. But those guys, you know, if if you have bad leadership, the unit underperforms. I think everybody performed because of the great leadership we had. Mm. Those guys did everything that they could, so everything ran smooth. And more than anyone, probably Sean Fowler, because he was in charge of, you know, of the system, the arena bracketing system that feeds people. Um, you know, Mo Jassim and Tom DeBlas, they came up with let's work this weight divisions that there's more people. And as the numbers match up together, we start introducing the next bracket over mm. and... I, I want to say Saturday we were out of there by 7 p.m. Wow. So we worked it. We worked all the brackets down to the last sweet 16. Mm -hmm. And then we did the final 16s on Sunday. And from what I from what I saw from social media is uh, there's a complete redo of the brackets the day of or we the did day because what some people weren't showing up. People paid and did not show up to weigh ins. If you're not there, weigh-ins, yeah, my boy, that's on you. Mm. So, but still, was you, 700 plus. Automatically taken out of the bracket? So you have to readjust the bracket oh, by seating. Um, you know, you still, we st again, we still had 700 plus participants, you know, that actually showed up. Yeah. So what, what jumped out at you about this? Obviously, the turnout's one thing, but compared to the other trials you've for previous for previous years, the technical and athletic level of the participants that you would never even think that they do well or they would do well in 2021 compared to any prior year. Really. Holy smokes. So just the just the average athletic ability and skill level was just significantly higher. Light years ahead of. So do you think nothing to do with ADCC? This is just, just the sport. This is just like the, the quality of the sport the and the quality of athletes in in grappling today compared, you know, I, I, poof, light years. Mm. Light years. Do you no, think? How dare you say I mean, that? Do you think? No, do you think? Do you think winning, that. you know, the trials is more of an achievement than winning the world championship? Absolutely not. But it is a huge achievement. Yeah. And here's the thing: not only winning the trials, placing at the trials is a huge achievement. Oh, absolutely. Because I can tell you several guys that have never won trials and have become world champions. I know a lot of guys that, you know, the situation, whatever it is, and they need somebody last minute, they ended up competing at Worlds, you know? And there's only 16 people at your weight class that can say, I competed at the ADCC World Championships on any particular year. There's only 16 people in the world in that weight class that can say that. No one else. It's kind of like being an Olympian. There's yeah. only a very yeah. small group of people that can say, I'm an Olympian. And that, that's something to be proud of. Just, Absolutely. Yeah. In my opinion, 100%. Yeah. So what, 
how from from your perspective how how was your how was day one for you like I mean they had to give you breaks at some point I would hope nope nope we oh didn't we like we did not want breaks we wanted like you can tell we we might have taken just a handful of breaks to for restroom mm-hmm. and you know grab a little snack but we did not stop so you had a t- so it was you ha- so you and your table judges were on a mat the entire time essentially we were on mat 5 so if you go to flow grappling mat, mat five. 5 i judged all but two matches on saturday okay you know, and both times it's because I had to go to the restroom. There you go. That's it. <laughs> but the show must go on. The show so. <laughs> must go. But here's the, here's the beautiful thing, though. Because of the, the staff that we had and the training that the staff went through, the mats never stopped. We kept the matches moving. So if at any point, you know, remember that we have two judges at the table at any given time. We actually had three on every table on Saturday. So if anybody wanted to go to the, we had the head table judge for that mat, then the number two, and then somebody else to assist. Mm-hmm. So if any one of us needed a break there for whatever reason. There was someone there that could pick up the slack. But we that, never is, that, that one who is there to pick up the slack is equally as qualified as the other two. Should be. Should be. Okay. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. Th- th- I mean, they're they're literally a, a. They've done the training. A flex guy done. can go yes. in there and okay. Yeah. No. No. It's not, I'm not picking somebody from the crowd. Right. 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 Oh, you're my boy. Hey, can you check this out real yeah, quick? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Come back. No. <laughs> no. Not like that. So, what were some of the highlights on Matt Five that you saw? Obviously, you're you're working, but I mean, you you got to appreciate what was happening. On my mat, I have, I mean, there's. Three people that just really stood out and that I was like, wow. I forget this kid's name and now I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of it. But his nickname is called Giant Slayer. I think his last name is Hernandez. Oh. He's really short. I, I don't... I think Was he this, the one who beat Mikey Mutsuneshi at, at uh, the, the, on the road to ADCC? No, Mikey Mutsuneshi won that match. Giant Slayer, I'm, this guy, may be, he has to be under five feet tall. And I've seen him compete before, uh, but he was amazing. If you look on Instagram, Giant Slayer, BJJ, I think it is, he, he'll come up. So I apologize for not knowing his handle or his name. Esteban Martinez. That's him. Yes, 100%. There you go. That guy was absolutely amazing. Amazing. Um, His technique, his style, his movement, it is absolutely relentless. For the whole time. 120 pounds. He just (laughs) does not stop moving. It's just movement, movement. And and then intentional movement. Not just to move for the sake of moving. But intentional, smart, and good technique movement. Um, The second one was Cody Steele. That freaking guy can do it all. He can play top, he can wrestle, he can play bottom, he can do it all. He did not win, he took third, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he had to go against his, his teammate, Tackett. But they actually went at it. Yeah. Because there's a difference. You can see somebody kind of like flowing. They were banging. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, and I believe Tackett won mm-hmm. his bracket. So. Um, and Cody Podium, which again is Cody a po- huge right. accomplishment. 
that guy can do it all. And then he actually went versus a pretty tough guy. And, and, um, and I believe it was on the round to make it to the final 16th. And he did this belly-to-back suplex. I thought that he was going <laughs> to... Um, I, I thought the guy was actually... At any given time, I was like, if he does this again, the guy's going to go unconscious. Bam! And he suplexed him again. Bam! And I'm like, so not only credit to Cody, but the dude did not go unconscious, but I'm sure he was shooken up really good. And last but not least, I'm going to tell you right now, he will place at the Worlds is Cole Abate. Mm. 16 years. I want to see a birth certificate on that kid. <laughs> 16 years old, supposedly a freaking blue belt, and not a single point scored on him. Wow. He won, I think he had a total of five matches, and three out of the five were by submission. And you have to understand, he's not going with average blue belts. He's not going with average anybody. He's going with arguably the best guys in the East Coast. And one of his opponents is a black belt that I know, black belt, submitted him. Mm. I mean, th this kid looked phenomenal. What, what, what would you say, like, roughly, I know you said, like, the level of the, the quality of athlete and, and also just skill is up big time. You know, if you go to any, especially if you go to a local tournament, it's going to change. But if you go to a, a grappling tournament, you know, they, they tend to, because of divisions, break people up. So, you know, within any bracket, you're going to have some people are a little more on the recreational side. Of course. And then once you get to the quarterfinals, semifinals, you know, that's when like, the cream is you risen. The to the, yeah, right. you know, now it's like, okay, these guys are, are more equally skilled. Did you, did you see many lopsided uh, matches nope. this, at this trial? So that, that, to me, is impressive. No. You know? And that's why I said the technical skill... The, and, and the athletic level that the sport has grown. Um, that's why I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm so impressed with it. Because just like you said, you can go to any other event. And again, you're going to have hobbyists with professionals mm -hmm. in the same bracket. Okay? Especially at World. I mean, World's a great example. Yeah. You know, because you've got guys like Josh Hinger and stuff competing against, you know, guys that are happy to be, you know, been black belts for, you know, five years. But... They never had aspirations to be. They weren't. They weren't. They didn't have a pedigree of being world champions. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And, and again, just like you said, hobbyist versus professional. Sure. You know, over here, most of the people that participated, the grand majority of them dedicate their lives to this. Whether they own their own school, whether they train two, three times a day or whether they train full-time and that is the only thing that they do. Um, you know, so that, that again, you obviously you're going to see a couple of matches here and there that's like, okay, this guy does not belong here. You know, there's no way, shape, or form. But for the great majority, it was a very competitive event. Uh, and, again, you see the, the skill level overall in, in by average and percentages just growing so much and so much better was there a person that jumped out at you that wasn't someone that had some buzz around them because i mean Colabate, i mean people have already kind of talked about him obviously it's, it's a it's very impressive what he did Cade rotolo's kind of a known guy he's had super fights was there anyone that they didn't even have to podium but let's say they podium that 
were like, man, I didn't know about this person, and and they kind of, you know, kind of carved a name. Like a lot of people can make a name for themselves winning trials. So I knew this guy that he was very good, but he did a lot better than I personally expected. Giancarlo Bodoni. Okay, yeah. Okay? I knew that Giancarlo was good. But I didn't think he was going to do as well as he did. I really didn't think Giancarlo would podium, period. He ended up winning the whole thing. So that's one person, again, that it was known. But I personally, uh, I thought Monstro was going to win it. You know? Um, And that was uh, 88 kilos. Yeah. Um, uh, Salter, I thought Salter was going to do well as well. And, you know, I, I think just his style. I, I tell you, somebody that I thought he was going to do a little bit better, I thought he would podium was James Brasco. You know, James Brasco has won trial several times, I think three. Sure. And, you know. Um, Johnny Grippo ended up getting third. Johnny Grippo ended up getting third, yes. Getting third. Yeah, I, ah, jeez, who, who beat Gianni? Either Cole or Keith Kikorian. Yeah. Um, somebody that I thought was going to do better, and he did not, was uh, Juni from Unity. Okay, yeah. Um, and there were a couple of other names that, again, I thought they were going to do a little bit better. Um, they didn't do as well as, uh, as I expected them. Yeah. What about on the women's side? I know there are some, um, not as many brackets, but I know um, who's the who's the MMA fighter? Uh, uh, Katsugano. Katsugano. So she I, got taken out in the first round. Okay, Did so I really? didn't see anything about that. So that that was uh, that was one I missed. And, and that one was a poor strategic, in my opinion, poor strategy. And actually, you know, she she kind of like after the event, she was still hanging around. And she recognized, I was like, oh, you were the judge on my, on my match. And I was like, yes. She's like, where did I go wrong? And I said, poor strategy. And if I'm not mistaken, I think what she did, she was winning. She took the girl down. But I think then she dropped back for an ankle lock, a failed ankle lock that was not even mm-hmm. put together right. And the girl got on top. And the girl was probably twice her size. Mm. And just passed her, I think passed her guard. So she was up on points. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Katzengano was one of the uh, one of the ones that I expected to see top three in the female, mm-hmm. and she didn't. Wow, that's crazy. So what? So w- where do we go from here? Because I've heard we've got West Coast trials coming. Yes, that would be second and third of April. Of April of next year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of next year, and the the world the finals is going to be what in October? September. September. September seventeenth. In Vegas. It'll in be in Vegas. The Thomas Ooh, and Macarena. That's the new Vegas. home, huh? Woo! Tickets go on sale on Black Friday. <laughs> there we go. I saw them. I mean, and they're very. Re- I mean, compared to other, like going to a yeah, concert or something. They're. I mean. So okay, yeah. I'll Let's give you a, a, a perfect pack. example. How much you pay for the EDM festival? Oh, two uh, hundred thirty bucks. Two hundred thirty oh, bucks. What? Yeah. Is it really that expensive? So for. Two days or three days? So that was a three-day pass. If you want to go for one day, it's like 125 bucks. Okay, so 125 bucks. Yeah. And if it were to be two days, let's round it up. That's 250 bucks, yep. right? 
VIP tickets are 200 bucks for both days. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so, next September, dude. Yeah, you no, know? it it it's it, if it, you are a grappling fan and you can save seven hundred dollars for and again, this is just doing my crazy Puerto Rican math. There it is. So and you can save seven hundred dollars from here to September. There is absolutely no reason why you should miss the ADCC World Championships. Yeah. This is VIP tickets at two hundred bucks. However, GAs are like super cheap. They're like thirty bucks for the whole weekend for is it both really? days. Yeah, they're super cheap. So 30, if you want to take some of that seven hundred bucks, bucks and tr and gamble at Vegas, there go yeah. for it. There you go. Right, <laughs> Vegas will take your house if you want to. But but here's my take. So let's go to the middle of the road. Get yourself $100 tickets, okay, for both days. So it's 100 bucks. That's it, 50-50. Mm. Those are actually pretty good level tickets. A flight to Vegas, if you book it early enough, is going to be 200 bucks round trip. Let's put it on the high end, 300 bucks round trip. So now you're at 400 bucks plus... Three hundred bucks, do roomy up with some friends in a hotel in Vegas. You oh, yeah. find the, some the cheap options. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, seven hundred bucks, you get to watch the, you know, the World Championships. And I'm gonna tell you, man, the production is gonna be insane. I've seen some of their mock up and some of the, some of the, light and show production alone. It's gonna be insane. So compared to 2019, it's gonna. Because 2019 had buzz and that was exciting. This I I think this is gonna blow 2019 out of the water again. I don't know all the exact specific details, but for for what I've been privy to see, this is gonna be insane. Now, do you think Gordon Galvao is gonna go down? 100. percent There we go. Do you really? Yeah. Who's oh. refing that match? Who? Um, more than likely, the judges are gonna be. Peter, George, I'd probably be the third. Um, and usually we have one of, if, if he can come to the world championships, usually one of the guys that he usually does most of the, the big matches on the mat, uh, Jarno, one okay. of the guys from Finland, um, or Miko from Finland. They're, they're the, usually the two guys that do the big And the is it possible for Gordon to compete in his weight bracket and do the super fight if he wanted to? The rumor in the inside of the mill is that Gordon will compete his weight class and his super fight. In the super fight. Yeah, because if he competes on the absolute, that's, then the super lot, fight will... Yeah. And he... Let's say he competes. Because that, would, the that would defeat the purpose. Because if he wins absolute, yeah, then he'd he be fighting himself. himself. Like, yeah, if like he wins versus yeah. versus Andre, yeah. So that would be Gordon versus Gordon. Yeah, that's yeah. impossible. So, you know, so I believe that they are allowing him to do the ninety nine plus mm -hmm. ninety nine kilos and the super fight. Okay, you gotta be damn sure of yourself. I I think he is that confident. Um. I think there's a handful, a very small handful of guys. You know, I know a lot of people throw Gordon on the hype train. No, he I, backs I, it all I up, believe, though, dude. I believe the hype. Yeah, he backs it all. Like, you he know? backs up everything he's Although doing. Although, from I just, I, my sense is, and, and what you've kind of said is, you know, if the level, if the, if the level of competition in athlete has risen that quickly, I think 
with if if it doesn't happen this year, in a few years, they're going to be guys that have the size and the skill. I, I think we're yeah, about yeah, yeah. two three years away from seeing that. Yeah, there's, I think there's a handful of guys right now worldwide that can give him a headache, but I still think he's ahead of those guys. Yeah, and and I'm you know we're talking about you know guys like Lucas Hulk, Kanan Duarte, um, you know Mason Fowler, you know elite level guys that can give him a real headache Nicky Rod yeah they're not in the same team anymore yeah they're you know and he said it he's he's gone on record he says I want to compete against Gordon you know so you know so I think stylistically and not only because of stylistically also because they train so long together they know each other's game absolutely so that that brings something to the table Oh, it's a completely different dynamic. I don't care how much you're going to say you progress in a year, um, but that brings something to to the table. Mm. So, you know, I I think, I I tell you what, I mean, I've said that I would, if I could have my way, I would bring that match for a super fight at the West Coast Trials. Mm. So, you know. How I know a lot of people would like to see that, you know? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know enough about it. I don't follow the sport as much as I probably should. But, like, right now, how much crossover is there between the people who are in ADCC championships and, like, the peop- and they're the same people who are competing and winning over in, like, IBJJF and those big things? I think there's a lot um, because you have to also understand that IBJJF has a no gi world championship. Right, but which are still different, very which drastically are still different, different rules, rules set, but right? it's still no gi. So I think. Well, definitely the Atos guys, guys like Lucas yeah, all Barboza, those guys they double train and yeah, you know, they do Duarte. everything, and, and you know they like to compete at everything. You have a lot of Gracie Baja guys. Jeez, uh, what's that guy? He actually won probably most of his matches with a bad ankle. Um, geez, Hernan- I think he's the Hernandez, one of Martinez. Martinez, uh, you know, you got El Mostro who competes on everything, gi and no gi. Um, so th- there is a lot. There is a couple of gyms that, for example, you don't usually traditionally see in IBJJF type events, like the 10 Planet guys. Right, sure. You really don't see those guys there. And one of the things... Even though those guys, you know, they have a little different, and especially depending on their pedigree, like PJ Barch. You know, you see PJ Barch is really, his wrestling level is a little different than the majority of the 10 Planet guys you see. You know, you usually, 10 Planet guy, he's going to have a dangerous guard, he's going to have those high guard games, that very flexible game, so on and so forth. But I, I think you see 85, 90% crossover participation um you know more so than that and i actually had this conversation with a guy named keith mills so if you go back he's probably the pioneer in mma journalism um keith mills been around forever he's covered every every major event mma event worldwide um and we had a conversation about mma guys doing grappling and then grapplers doing MMA Um, at the beginning you would see a lot of MMA guys doing grappling and events like ADCC Worlds 
Yeah, like Matt Hughes and like Jeremy Horn and stuff. Right, like that, like, Matt right? Hughes, Jeremy Horn, Diego Sanchez, yeah. George Sampier. Um, you you would see a lot of these guys, the big names, because. Well, I mean, if you go back even farther, like, um, yeah, who, like is the guy, Gracie, who is the yeah. guy that that Rampage slammed? Oh, oh Ricardo Arona. Arona. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, all who, time a great jujitsu guy, but because those guys. The badasses that were doing MMA were also doing jujitsu yeah. and grappling. Like that was right. Just so what you see a lot now is that some of the jujitsu guys were going to MMA to compensate on financial income mm-hmm. because there was not that many grappling events where people can make money. Right. So what they saw a lot of times was. In order for me to make a substantial living doing this sort of sport, let me go into MMA. I mean, it's like like, like amateur wrestlers are doing. We're doing that too, right? Like yeah, but I think Gary Tonin did it as a progression. Okay, I think we got to go a little further back before 2010 uh, to really see that. Uh, Andre Galvao is a perfect oh, example. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, he's the. I think Andre, even though he now re-signed with One FC. But 1FC has a grappling division as well. Um, so that, that's a whole different thing. But, I, you know, you, you have guys that are high-level grapplers back then that moved into the MMA for financial reasons. Now, I think you see that the MMA guys can just focus on MMA. So you don't see a lot of that yeah. crossover for MMA into grappling. Even though you see them, for example, when guys are done with their MMA, like Jacare, he wants to get back to grappling. Does he really? Yeah. So, you know, and now you see guys that are only focused in grappling. Yeah, absolutely. Because they know? can actually make a living off well, of it. Well, they can actually yeah. make it. There's more events where you, they I can actually make money. Or they can at least parlay the fame into... And, and then social stream. media has a lot to do with that Absolutely. as well because people can make, you know, a substantial income through instructionals, seminars, social media endorsements, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So they can stay within, I mean, I hate to say we stay within their lane, but not everybody is for MMA. Exactly. You know, it takes a little different person. Different breed of cat. Absolutely. So... Um, West Coast trials are next for you on the map in No, in I April? believe I'm... I'm 99% sure that uh, I'm going to Brazilian trials in oh, February. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Because, again, we're building the cadre and the staff of, you know, proper trained referees and mm-hmm. judges. Um, you know, I, I speak okay Portuguese, so I'll go down there and, and assist with that. Um, it's a little different. Where is it going to be held? Rio, Sao Paulo. One is in Rio, and the other one is in Sao Paulo. Wow. Yeah. Very so, cool. um, you know, it's Brazil, man. There's gonna there's some that's guys a, down there. That yeah, are I'm wondering how that's gonna off shake the chain out. because, and nobody knows them because they cannot financially come to the U.S. and participate. So, right. in the what happens events? to someone that qualifies? I mean. If you qualify for ADCC trials, do you get any sort of financial assistance to fly out to the event to compete? Yeah, the ADCC committee pays for your travel and hotel. So now you could have a guy straight oh, out of really? the favela who's a badass in Brazil, never can barely get out of his own state, let alone think about flying out of the country. Now that you say that, I'm going to tell you a guy that did not 
win his trials and he went to world championships marcelo garcia really if i'm not mistaken marcelo garcia took second or third at the trials but there was an opening and he got invited to come to the world championships and the rest is history. <laughs> and the rest is history <laughs> well so yes it is very possible a guy from the favela and this could be a life-changing experience wow for him. that's amazing well carlos i gotta suit up and teach so we're going to widen this up, but we'll have you on again after Brazil. Man, my pleasure. And uh, get the scoop, because this is just fascinating. And I'm going to look into tickets, man. Listen. Because I, I agree I, with let's you. Let's do it. I, I, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a little salty because I have to buy, you know, I don't get a little comp of a couple of tickets. <laughs> but listen. They're running a tight here, ship. I'm, I'm going to be very honest, and I think the major issue is, and I think this goes across the board, I think it's going to get sold out. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the VIP section, which is three blocks, um, I think it'll get sold out the first day. You know? And there's only, I think Mo had uh, talked about how it was breaking, broken down. There's only a little bit under 300 on the VIP first four row section. And then about, about between three to 500 seats on the other sections. So let's say, let's round it up to about a thousand seats on the VIP section. And I'm pretty sure that for sure will get sold out on the first, you know? And, he, and, and the committee wants the fans to be there. I'm going to be there anyways, regardless, yeah. you know? But I, I want some family members to come over and we spend the whole weekend in Vegas. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, so I'm going to have to shell out a couple of bucks, which I have absolutely no problem with. And, uh, you know, enjoy because... Some of the stuff that, you know, they're planning some... Is it like an expo that goes along with it? That's and the idea of the whole... Yeah, thing. make it like an Arnold weekend. Making it like, like a whole Arnold Classic yeah, special like. of Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, ADCC style. There's going to be a Hall of Fame inductees. Um, there's going to be seven... I mean, dude, you're going to... Having Mark Kerr teach you wrestling for ADCC, the most winning champ in ADCC. Is it or, really? Or Andre Galval... At well, the I mean, 99 plus kilos, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Mark Kerr is the smashing the most machine. Winning. Yeah, you know, or or teach you again have the most winning ADCC person ever, Andre Galvao. Teach, I take that back. I think Gabby Garcia is, but one of them teaching you a technique that sure. is successfully used. During their ADC, I mean matches. the fact that the fact that jujitsu as a mainstream entity is still n not really well known means I think it's going to be much more fan friendly. Yeah, because gotta, they're incentivized to put on a good show for the fans that they have there, and the fans are going to be more engaged. Jujitsu people are going to appreciate it. You know, right, you're not going like, to get this going to an all star weekend for basketball. No, nah, yeah, so you're going to get that, and, and that is something that I've always said. I think jujitsu, even though we're not obviously as big as football, basketball, baseball, soccer, and any of the traditional sports. Um, but I'll use boxing as an example. You cannot go to Mayweather Gym and train and started a no. class, <laughs> a group training session with Floyd Mayweather. However, you can fly to Texas and train with Gordon Ryan. You can go to Miami and train with 
Cyborg. Exactly. You can go to North Carolina and train with Lucas Lepre. You can go anywhere in the world and train with the top guys of our sport. And, you know, if you're a fan of the sport, that's a lot something to be said on that aspect. Yeah. You know, and that's, I said that's a cultural a thing about jiu-jitsu, too. It's like there is something about that, like... And it's a different camaraderie. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I played baseball for a lot of years. And, you, you know, go. one of the things that I did in baseball is I took a clinic with Don Mattingly. Really? You know, who was my idol. You can... For me, Don Mattingly was the greatest first baseman in the face of the yeah. earth. Uh, the only reason that I can bear with, with the Florida Marlins is because he's the head coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, nine times out of ten, it's not like you're going to train and do a round and, you know, with these guys. Jiu-Jitsu is the only sport that, yeah. in my opinion, you can have the possibility of entering a full-fledged event, tournament, championship, whatever you want to call it, and possibly compete versus your top idol. Yeah. You know, in the level of camaraderie, because they're going to whoop your ass and then you shake get- your hand, give you a hug, and say, hey, man, good job. Yeah. Dude, you just beat my brains out in the mat over here, and you tell me I did a good job, but you feel like a million bucks Absolutely. for it. So I don't think there's too many sports that can do that. No. Well, Carl, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for the my time. My pleasure, guys. I hope uh, we covered... A lot of ADCC stuff. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome.